Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind Podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod. Today, another Super Coach Predictions pod. Um, we're looking at some bold predictions today for who is going to average more than who. So looking at a couple of players in each position uh, group and seeing who who do we think will average more uh, over the 2023 season. So some of these, some pretty spicy takes, some I've seen around quite a bit, but there's definitely some that I might be out on an island on. So we'll dig right into it, guys. Be a quick one here today. First one, let's go with a full back battle. So I've kind of, this particular player, I've gone up and down so many times this offseason, but I finally landed uh, that Kalen Ponga will average more than Clint Gutherson for the 2023 season. The more I look at this Newcastle team, I see ways where it can be a great attacking team. Uh, not even good. I can I can see great. Um, their back three is now kind of really solidified to the way the game needs to be played in 2023. Uh, got some good outside backs. Their forward uh, depth and rotation is now pretty set in terms of who are the leaders versus who's going to be coming up and getting those minutes. So I think Ponga's going to have a nice platform, uh, especially if he... That rumoured uh, change to number six position is going to happen. means the ball will be in the hand a lot more. Uh, so I definitely like Helen Ponga. Nothing to take away from Clint Gutherson. I think he will have a good season. Uh, but again, I think Gutherson had a very, very ripe season last year. Ponga had a very lean one. So I think just the lower averages will average out here. And I think, like I said, Newcastle's in a very nice position here to make a bit of movement. So Helen Ponga, uh, when we go kind of through the fullback, uh, podcast. We'll talk a bit more there, but definitely have him for a big season coming up here. Let's go to the second row, the 2RF. I have Hudson Young averaging more than Isaiah Yo. So I think Isaiah Yo, uh, like a lot of the other Panther forwards, rotations will play a big part of how they play. Uh, so he's still going to get his, you know, he'll average around that 55 60. Uh, but I think Hudson Young this year, I think he's going to be in for a prime, prime season. Besides, Tarpany in that four pack. I think he is the next best current player right now. Obviously, Whitehead and Publicly getting on an age. You saw he was able to knock out a, quite a few big scores last year. Uh, can find the try line and has some very good stats about him. So, haven't traditionally been on the Hudson Young bandwagon over the years, but from what I saw, particularly end of last year, um, I'm, I'm all about him this year. And I think he'll rank pretty highly uh, in terms of the two RFs this year. Let's go to 5-8. 5-8, I think, in previous years of playing the last four years that I've been kind of really in it, has been one of the least quality positions. I think there's been a lot of gaps. This year, uh, prime. I think there's a lot of good 5-8s this year. Uh, not many jewels, so you're going to have to pick a 5-8 and stick with it. So I think, especially in a draft league, uh, there'll be some good 5-8s there because uh, the jewel won't be uh, taking them into the hardback position. And I've got one of my sneaky... Dallium potentials, uh, Tom Dean averaging more than Cody Walker. Now, I do think Cody will have a bounce back from last year. I think Walker, that's probably the worst attacking output you're going to see. There was quite a few games where he was just either missing or, you know, knocked on in the, in the wrong time. The assist was given to Latrell versus him. Whatever the case, I think he will be in for a bit of a bounce back here. But I think this is the year that Tom Dean really solidifies himself as one of the top halves in the game. And I think... He's got such a good super coach uh, attacking playmaking play style. He's you know takes the line on. He's really good with the ball in hand. Defensively, he's not going to miss many tackles, so you won't get any minus points. 
uh, doesn't give away a lot of penalties. I just think in terms of the errors and the penalties but that Cody Walker can give you, I think Deedon won't give you that. And I think right now, especially in the Cowboys side, when they go up to Townsville and play on that dry track, Tom Deedon is one of the matchup nightmares of the year. So definitely someone in a draft league I'm going to be looking at. And we'll see where the price gets to in Classic, but definitely looking at Tommy Deedon for a big start to the season. Let's go to the props. Prop is a very, very interesting one. I can't wait to do the prop uh, review because runner of four this year, just it's lacking. There's a couple of guys that you want that are very, very premium priced, and the rest is a lot of mids. Um, but I've got one that might shock some, but I've got big nasty Nelson Osaka Solomona averaging more than David Clemmer. Now, my thinking here is I think Clemmer's walking into a very congested forward pack. Uh, obviously, the news of John Bateman coming in. You've all got Nathan Brown coming in with Isaiah Papali'i there. You've still got guys like uh, Oitikamanu there, Joe Offen and Galway. So there's a lot of mouths to feed. I think he's not going to get that free reign like he did get at Newcastle at times. Uh, and I just think uh, everyone's kind of jumping on the second rollers for the Storm and the 2RS. But I actually think it's the props. I think between Welch, uh, Nelson and Kamakamika. I think those are the the three guys I'm kind of eyeing. And I think Nass has that ability, especially if he does shift a little bit uh, to the edge if some of those guys don't work out, uh, plays a little bit through the middle in lock. Uh, there's just a lot of variety. So I think Nelson is definitely someone I'm targeting. I'm hoping that, you know, in a late round draft pick, he's still sitting there in the double digit rounds and you can get him and be a real nice weapon there because I think he's going to have a big season this year. Halfback. Halfback this year is very, very, it's flipped. Obviously, 5-8 and halfback, you know, the jewel, the, the fact that there's so many less jewels this year in those two positions makes it a bit tricky. But um, there, there is definitely, you know, a top three, I would say, in terms of halfbacks. And then there's a bit of a dip. So I'm going to go for a couple of plays outside of that top three. I've got Jamal Fogarty is going to average more than Daly Cherry Evans. I think DC has been one of those guys always traditionally pretty highly owned. Uh, especially in a draft league, always in all four years, he's been a top-round draft pick in our league. I think that might flip this year. I think there are some concerns for Manly this year. It's going to be interesting to see if Turbo is fit for round one or they kind of ease him back in with that hamstring. Uh, but I just think that Canberra side, Jamal was coming off a long-term injury, plugged and played very nicely. I think this year, especially with Savage being the full-time fullback, that forward pack is, you know, really now clicking in a gear. Ricky's kind of found the players he wants to use there and how he wants to use them. I just think Canberra's in for a big year. And I think Jamal's going to be one of those guys, especially with the goal kicking, I could see him easily getting into those that high 65s, even maybe low 70s, uh, if Canberra can really go on with it and make Canberra a bit of a fortress and make that a bit of a home ground. Let's go to the two RFs. So, again, um, it's one here that I'm... This is more of just a prediction. It's not not who's going to average more here, but I have actually got um, the two Tigers back rowers, John Bateman and Isaiah Papali, will both finish in the top five for 2RF. Bateman's game, he just screams super coach with his offloads, his late footwork, ability to break a tackle and create an assist. Uh, and Isaiah Papali, we've seen what he's done. He will have the ability to stay on the edge, go through the middle like he did at Parramatta. I think both of those guys will be premium picks uh, if from a draft league. I think they both go by the end of round two. If you're look, talking about a 12-teamer, I think within those first 24, you're definitely going to get rid of the both of them. You know, a dream scenario would be if you're a drafter, I don't think it will happen, but if you have the first pick 
and then all of a sudden pick 24 and 25, you can go, you know, Cleary into the two Tigers. Um, that's money. But obviously in Classic, I probably is going to start ridiculously priced. Uh, whether you start with him or see if it drops a little bit and then you can bring him in. Uh, but I think Bateman's going to be, you know, anywhere from that 550, 600 potential range when he gets added to the game. So, look, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, but I do think those are two guys that can easily be averaging, you know, a floor of 60, 65 in that 2RF and can crack the 100 uh, on their day. So I think those two guys are definitely two to watch. But we'll stick to the Tigers here. Let's go to our first center wing matchup. And this is my bounce, one of my bounce-back players of the year. I think David Norfoluma will average more than Ruben Garrick. I think Nofo, that little spell he had at the Storm, really, really did benefit him. Uh, he was able to get in that winning culture. Obviously, played at the finals for the first time, didn't get the result. But you kind of look at this four-pack now for the Tigers. They should roll forward. Adam Dewey now back from his injury, a full pre-season, preseason under his belt. He should be there. Luke Brooks, the young question, number seven now with no Jackson Hastings. He should be better. Uh, and with, obviously, Coruscant, uh, feeding the middle. So all the place, all the pieces are in play. And now it's the the job of the outside backs. And I think I think Mamala will have a big year, but I think Norfoluma will actually have a very, very good one. Now Ruben Garrick, I still think he'll average, you know, close to 60, maybe, you know, that low, the high 50s, uh, low 60s. But I again, same with DC. I have question marks about how this team is going to perform on the field and that will translate into super coach. He has got the goal kicking, but if they are, you know, a team that's struggling to average points because Cherry Evans is the only playmaker on the field, just a lot of questions. And I think Norfoluma has got that bounce back ability. Garrick might have a bit of a fall. So I, I can see Garrick being drafted very highly. Uh, he has got that jewel this year. But for me, Norfoluma is going to be one of those real cheeky. If we get to round, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, you haven't really filled up a, or you've got one center wing, it'd be a very nice one to plug and play and keeping your team for the whole season. Let's go reverse order here. Uh, let's go back to the two RFs. And i got two teammates competing here. Um, this is one I, I do believe in terms of just the overall footy player, I think is a better player, and I think he will average more in Supercoach this year. I've got Sione Katoa will average more than Ronaldo Mulatalo. So obviously Mulatalo was the big one last year, started like a house on fire, came crashing down a little bit at the end of the season um, when a lot of people didn't have him. He was going gangbusters. Everyone kind of jumped on, and it did fizzle out a little bit. Sione Katoa had that very, very nice try-scoring run before his injury. So he will be uh, fresh. I didn't play those last, ended up being eight games. I think he missed at the end of the season, including final. So he'll be fresh and raring to go through that off-season. And I just think he's going to be able to – I don't think they're going to you know predominantly tack that edge that Molotov is on all the time this year. I think uh, they will need to change it up a little bit and be – and I think – one of my predictions that we'll finish on uh, leads that in terms of a bit of more of a ball play that can help assist both ways of the field. Uh, but yeah, I think Sione Katoa, he's definitely going to get drafted lower than uh, Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo go a lot higher. And again, I just think he's Katoa is one I'm going to start with in my center wing. I just think he's going to be able to come out of the gates like a house on fire and really score some tries. So I'm looking forward to having Katoa in my team. 2RF. Let's go back to the 2RFs here. This is probably my... I can't say it's a bold prediction because I actually, you really need to believe a bold prediction to make it happen. But I could see a world where this happens. I can see Adam Elliott averaging more than David Fafita. So a couple of factors why I think this. On their super coach day, obviously Fafita can blow Elliott out of the water. 
but Elliot is a very consistent player. And I think going up to Newcastle, he's going to step right into that starting 13 jersey and he should be able to really assist in taking some hard hit-ups, you know, solidifying the defense and being a bit more of a ball player to what they've had traditionally. So I do like the fit there. Day for feeder. I've got questions about this Titans team like I did last year. The hanging rumor of him going to Canberra. If he does get to Canberra, we also saw Harawira Nira go down a couple of seasons ago. There was a bit of a, you know, play yourself into some shape. You know, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. You got to work your way into that starting side. So I could see a world where Dave Fido is drafted, you know, first or second round, but really has the grade of a fourth or fifth. Uh, but again, he could go gangbusters like he did a couple of seasons ago, finish in the top four or five overall. So one I'm definitely looking at, Adam Elliott, I want to start with him. I want to draft him. Uh, not to say I don't want Dave Fido, but I just want to see maybe the first five to seven weeks see what that sample size looks like, then I can jump on Big Fifi. Back to the halfbacks here. Nathan Cleary, I think, is a class of his own in the halfbacks. My prediction here is I think Nathan Cleary will be 15 points average ahead of the second-best halfback, which will probably be Nico Hine. So why I say this, I've got this as the the last missing piece now for Nathan Cleary is that Dalian medal. I think he's going to go gangbusters this year. I think that Panthers team... They're going to pro- probably cruise to the minor premiership and to a potentially another premiership grand final. I think their sole objective this year is to get through healthy, but secondly is to get clear of that that Dahlia medal. I think it's set up for him this year. There isn't there's any other guy that you think that will challenge him has got some competition in their team. No such thing as the Panthers. He is the linchpin. He is the sol- he is the moon where everything orbits around. And I just think he's going to go gangbusters. I could see him getting. Back into the 90s, you're seeing a slight regression from Nico Hines, maybe to a 75, 77, somewhere in that range. But I think Cleary's going to be the out-and-out gun this year. Don't care the price tag. Start with him in Classic. Draft him first overall in draft. To me, he's just the player to have this year. Back to the big boys, the FRFs. Got Junior Paulo will finish within five average points of Payne Haas. Payne Haas, to me, is probably the big one in the front row forwards this year where whether some off-field things, whether his attitude at the club, does he still want to be there? It all kind of lends to, I don't know what season we're going to get. We're going to get the gangbusters averaging 80 a season, or we can get a bit of a slight downtick where there might be some things going on and he gets in that 65 range. Because that's where I think Junior Paolo will finish this year. I think Paolo, uh, to me, that Samoa World Cup campaign, he's at the peak of his powers right now, and I think he's got another two gangbuster seasons to go here and i think this is where he really picks it up all the talk about the Parramatta eels loss of their players you know the the forward pack's been decimated uh you've obviously got Niakore, papali'i orican kafusi all those guys are gone how are they going to go forward i think junior paolo gets them on their back he takes them and he will get very close to paint hearts score so if you want to try and find a bit of a cut price option there save a couple of 100,000 potentially at a certain point in the season. I think those are two players to look out for there. Let's go back into 5-8. Got three more here, guys. So I've got Jerome Luai not being a top 8 5-8. So again, 5-8 is very, very deep this year. I've got a lot of good players in there. I can't wait to do that podcast as well because that's going to be a bit of fun to talk through those players. But similar to my Cleary prediction, I just think they're going to orbit through Nathan Cleary. And I just think that there's not going to be those chance where Luai isn't going to play the games where Cleary doesn't because obviously for Origin, he'll be there with him. 
I just think that Jerome Luai is going to play a very good supportive role. He's still probably going to average around that mid-50s, um, low 50s, but I can't see him cracking into the high 60s. Uh, and I just think that there's a lot of good talent in that 5A position this year that will overtake him. Back to a Parramatta-centric one. A couple, one more 2RF one here. I've got Ryan Madison will average more than Sean Lane. So Sean Lane was obviously the guy that a lot of people jumped on last year. Had a gangbuster season. Even myself as a Parramatta fan was wondering when it was going to stop and when the train was going to end up, you know, pulling into the station and give, giving us those points back. It never happened. Sean Lane, which is a gun all season. Ryan Madison, you know, there was peaks. There was some good options there, but it was a slow season compared to what he normally does do. I think this year there's no more Nathan Brown at the club. Like I said, there's a couple of guys that have moved on where they play him at the edge, where they play him as a full-time 13 there. I just think Ryan Madison's in for a big year. I think he could easily get into those high 70s. I think Sean Lane, even a slight regression back into those high high to mid 60s is not a bad thing. Um, but I just think those two guys are going to be very, very good ones to have, similar to having Bateman and Pavali. high price guys here as well, but you could definitely do the Madison-Lane combo and not be affected there. And my last bold prediction. So this one here, I kind of referenced it in my... Uh, Katoa versus Mulatalo one. I think that Dykes will average more than Kennedy. So why I think that is, I think that Will Kennedy will lose that fullback jersey. Um, what you just saw last year in terms of two seasons ago, he looked like a dynamic ball runner. There were some real signs that he was going to, you know, develop into one of the best fullbacks in the game, but... You know, he's had a couple of uh, issues with suspension. He's had a couple of injuries. Kate Dykes only played the two games, but he looks like a footy player. He looks like someone who can easily be a number one starting, you know, quality team. He's just got the, he's got the posture. He's got the good running posture of a, of a fullback that's just going to average points in Supercoach. I think that what Kennedy does really good on those sweeps, I think Dykes can do an even better job in terms of being upright and getting the ball out on time when it needs to get there. So I think it's going to get to a certain point. I think uh, the Sharks will start off strong, no doubt about that. But if there is a bit of a dip in form or there is a bit of, you know, there's an injury, uh, obviously it looks like Lockie Miller is going to the night. So that's going to free him up there and Dykes will be the, the backup custodian. But I just think that once he gets in there, it's going to be game, set, match. And I think that he will be someone that we definitely need to look at this year and He's definitely one I kind of want to just stash on my bench on a four-man draft bench. I think he's going to be someone of value because, you know, the week that it's Kennedy ruled out, he'll be the top waiver for that week. So have him in there already. Uh, and in classic, keep a very – he's only fullback only, which does hurt him. But someone like a Savage last year who was so low price and you just knew there's 200 grand, 300 grand here, let's uh, keep him then move up to the next guy. Could be a similar thing. Or – if the Sharks just dominate, he gets into those, you know, high 50s, low 60s. You might just ride him until you need to make that move. So that will do, guys. Uh, again, we're getting really close now. I think we're seven weeks out from the season. So uh, we're about to, the next lot of podcasts is all going to be about the, pos the position. So we're about to do seven Supercoach uh, previews in a row, one for each position group. And then we get into the team predictions, which has always been my favorite uh, part of doing the podcast for the last three seasons. So... We're into the money stretch, guys. Seven weeks to go. The team pickers up, and everyone is starting to get their draft days ready. Uh, I'm sure you guys are deleting the app and the team on the app and restarting. And so this is the best time, I think, of the season to be a super coach player because there's no stretch washing the games, and all your ideas are good ideas. So 
we'll leave it there, guys. We'll come back with all of the positional rankings, thoughts, analysis, and then we'll get into the team predictor. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.